Hello! Welcome to Watch Responsibly. I'm Brie Lennon. And I'm Alyssa O'Loughlin. And thank you for joining us for episode 5 of season 1 where we talk about Schindler's List. Um, the longest and possibly <laughs> most saddest movie of all time. Uh, I can attest to that. Uh, I will go ahead and talk about the synopsis. The incredible true story of the enigmatic and opportunistic businessman Oscar Schindler, who saved the lives of more than 1,100 Jews during the Holocaust. Schindler's List chronicles the trials and triumph of one man who made a difference and the tribulations of those who survived one of the darkest chapters in human history because of his actions. So, thank you IMDb for that synopsis. Um, there's a lot of really good actors in here. Um, Liam Neeson played Oscar Schindler, which I... I'm very impressed. Um, yes. Ralph Fiennes uh, played Amon Goeth. Is that how you say that? Yeah, there's several different ways to spell it and pronounce it. Oh. But Amon Goeth. Um, yeah. It's a great character. Um, ben Kingsley played uh, Ishtak Stern. Thank you. Um, and Caroline Goodall played Emily Schindler, which is uh-huh. his wife, which she wasn't in it. A whole lot, but I still think it's an important... Uh, it was such a good role. Yeah, it's an important like, person to discuss in terms of her and her husband. Right. Um, so let's just kick it right into acting. Action! Oh. And... <laughs> um, so I talked about... Okay. So Liam Neeson's character, Oscar, Mr. Schindler, whatever, um, he... Originally, well, he's part of the Nazi party, so he's not a good guy. Right. Um, and he's a businessman, and he cheats on his wife. So he's, like, not a good guy in two different levels. In the level that he's a Nazi German at the time, and also that he cheats on his wife. Two different types of... Correct. Bad, I think. Yeah. Um, different levels, obviously. Uh, <laughs> and, yep. Uh, so... I feel like I'm not supposed to like him, but he's got... But He's so likable, though. He's so charming, and... And then he, like, saves all those people, I guess. Like, that's... Well, <laughs> right. That kind of plays into it. But even out before all that, before he starts actually, like, saving them because he feels bad and he thinks what's going on is terrible, but on the level of he's being a businessman. Right. Um... He's like he's still very selfish in the beginning, or well, up until halfway, I'd say. He's very selfish and really is only doing things, you know, to make money for a bargain. It's why he like has business with Jewish people. Mm -hmm. But I also think that it was incredibly impressive on the writing aspect that the character development for that character was so significantly amazing. Yes. The character development for Oscar Schindler, it was, he's supposed to be, like, the most unlikable guy. Yeah. But then we see Amon Goth, and he just blows everyone out of the water with being unlikable. Um, but... (laughs) Yeah, I didn't even write about him because I, like, I, I, uh, unbelievable. His character. Truly evil. I mean, they really... His ending was... I was very glad he ended that way. Um, And (laughs) because he's a piece of crap (laughs) Mm -hmm. the entire way through. But they don't introduce him until, like, halfway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so 
you think uh, this whole time I'm like, oh, I'm like judging uh, Mr. Schindler mm-hmm. so harshly. I'm like, you know, you and can then, do more. And then the devil himself comes yeah. into this movie and you're like, oh, never okay, mind. Never mind. We're Schindler's cool. a saint. Yeah. Right. And that's exactly what I said. I said, um, the moment where I was so, there's only one other character in movie history for me that truly I am afraid of, and it's Christoph Waltz's character in Inglorious Bastards. Valid. He's terrifying. Yeah. This guy freaks me out more. And the moment where it all turned for me, where like my blood ran cold, was when he was when he got his rifle out and just yep. picked off people in the camp. Yeah. Just for what? Yep. For sport? Because yeah, literally because he felt like it. Oof. Like maybe he was in a bad mood or wanted. Yeah. I just. Well, and so when they were trying to find someone to play this part, when they auditioned, um, I've never figured out how to spell, or how to pronounce that guy's last name. Ralphie? I'm just going to call him Ralphie. Ralphie, or Voldemort. Oh my god, you're right. (laughs) Yeah, he plays Voldemort. He's also in Grand Budapest Hotel, he plays the guy. The main guy? Yeah, the main character. Oh, okay, I don't know. That was Voldemort? Yeah, Ralph Fiennes is Voldemort. He's one of my favorite actors, actually. Really? Yeah. Isn't Ralph Fiennes or something like that? Ralph, yeah, Fiennes. So, Ralphie... Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Mr. F. Um, but... So, when they were trying to find someone to play this... Because he was a real guy. He yeah. He was a real man. The yeah. guy who ran the Krakow... Um, Concentration camp. Thank you. He exuded this type of, I don't remember exactly the way that Spielberg speaks of it, but I th- if I'm correct, he had said that he had an evil sexuality around him. Uh, he just yeah. exuded this evil sexualness. It was like, like he was a sadist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that, that makes scene, sense to me. And that scene really, really shows that. In fact, the woman... So Helen Hirsch mm-hmm. in the film, um, another real person, Helen Hirsch is still... At the time of this movie being made, she was still alive. Yeah. So the woman who played Helen Hirsch met the real Helen Hirsch, mm-hmm. and she was brought on the set and stuff. She was okay until she met Ralph. Oh, yeah. And when with him in uniform and him acting, she was reduced to shaking and she was in tears. She had to leave because she was like, he is so much like that man. Wow. And he had this evil sexuality to him. And that is such a good way to describe it. Yeah, because it's exactly what he exudes. And <clears throat> it's, it's, he, you mentioned talking about Inglorious Bastards and the, uh, the villain in that. And I think the reason why I think Ralph, why I think Ralph's character is more villainous to me is because you cannot predict. Nope. There's no thought to it. There's no, he doesn't think it through where it's not calculated, which is why I think he is more terrifying. Right, because he's random. Mm -hmm. And so every time I watch this movie, I am always caught off guard because it is such a long movie that certain parts you just forget. Uh-huh. And the one part that I always forget about is maybe two-thirds of the way through, um, 
where Oscar starts talking to Amon and he describes to him what like true power is. Yeah. Which is the power so true power is having the ability to kill someone and not doing it. Yeah. And you see him use that power a couple of times. Uh-huh. He chooses not to hurt someone or beat someone or whatever. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. He, like, actually made an impact. And then... And then the boy... Yep. He... Who couldn't get the stains out of his bathtub, and so he... He's like, just go. And then he... He shoots at him and misses. Shoots at him and misses. Shoots at him and finally hits him. He The boy... I wrote this down. The boy didn't even run. Nope. The boy was like... I figured it would happen. Yep. The more I run, I, if I fight it, it's still going to happen. Right, and that was the only quote that I wrote down. Yeah. That, <clears throat> this, I was texting Alyssa a couple times about this, how I'm having a difficult time with this film um, because of its accuracy. Um, for, for those who haven't seen this film or don't know you know, weren't taught enough about the Holocaust growing up, which it's starting to become depleted from our schools. Um, I learned about it in eighth grade and never again, and I was lucky to have a teacher who who was very uh, sympathetic and felt it was important. And I know a lot of people didn't have that. Um, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to watch it, and but I think everybody should. It, it gives me... Schindler's List made me feel almost uh, like Night and Fog did, which I mentioned Night and Fog in our Dunkirk episode. Um, it's an Alan Resnay's film, uh, documentary film about uh, revisiting a concentration camp soon after <clears throat> um, Jewish people were liberated. And I mean, it's like, it's a, it's a feeling that I, I've never been able to describe. Mm-hmm. I've never felt like that. Um, I mean, I've been lucky. I've been pretty lucky in life to not have to feel um, the way that these people do did, um, or maybe still do if some of them are alive. Um, and I think this film kind of glimpses into the experience. And yeah, it's in black and white, but I don't think that does anything mm-hmm. except showcase its importance. Right. And um here, first of all, do you have anything more for acting? Uh The only thing I really thought I wanted to point out was uh when Oscar like freaks out because he doesn't have his workers and he like growls their mine. Oh, they're mine. Yes. Yeah, that was powerful. Right. But it was weird because it was still at the time that I was like, oh, he's still very selfish. Mm-hmm. Like, they're my Jews. I'm like, that's weird to me. Right. Um, I don't like that. But, but at the same time, it's, it's like you don't know if he's acting that way because he knows what's going on. Um, and knows he has to be a certain way with these people, or if he's acting that way because he's actually feels like that. 
Right. And maybe it's a bit of both, and I think it might be a bit of both. But, yeah, that's all I had for acting. I only, <clears throat> I asked because I wanted to go into the coloring. Yeah, the I think we should. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually wrote down some cinematography notes, everyone. Woo! Woo! Who is she? Um, so for cinematography, I had to talk about the coloring because it is almost entirely in black and white. The things that are not black and white um, are the candles being lit at the beginning and then the end. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone always forgets that, but that's very symbolic. Is that symbolic for hope? Yes. Okay. Um, they're being lit during it's the... Light. Wow, you're so smart. Is it for hope? <laughs> hope, hope candles. <laughs> Roger loves hope candles. <laughs> It'll be a hundred thousand candles in the wind. <laughs> um, Good night. <laughs> night. Um, oh, and... So not only the candles being lit for Shabbat, but also there is one character in the movie. It's a little girl. She is walking through the concentration camp. The neighbors are letting out their dogs. It's definitely uh, the most iconic scene. Like that's Correct. the scene that I knew of. Right. Um, so she is walking through the camp, and she is wearing a red coat. Um, it's. Most people think it's the only color in the film. Pretty close. Um, it is the most significant coloring in the film. I'm glad that you brought that up because I still... I don't know what it means. Okay, so... Um, I know it's hand coloring. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. My so, boss, like, they, like, colored it? Yeah, my boss, Jane. Shout out, Jane. Hi, Jane. Uh, I've she never met you. I'm when sorry. she listens, she'll be like, Yeah, nah, I told her that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jane. <clears throat> You're teaching us both something, and she, thus the world. <laughs> she said it was hand coloring, which, I mean, what year is this made? Uh, I wrote it down. Don't Google it. 1993. Okay, so, 93, we're not still fully digital. We're still using film, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes so sense. So they would me. literally yeah. color it? Color the film, I would assume. I You can't call me for that, I'm just taking what Jane says. Jane, I'm putting the blame on you. <laughs> Jane says! <laughs> but, I mean, she was alive then. I was not, so. That she might know a little something, something. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, um, my mom was alive. I was not. Were you born in 94? 95. 95. Really? Yep. You're only a year older than me. I was born in the first two weeks of 95, um, madam. Pushes so, up glasses. So almost two years. Because I was, I was November. <laughs> Jane says. We call this segment Jane says. Jane says I should change my hair. I say Jane should tell me things more often. Oh. Jane says. <laughs> this is Jane's corner. <laughs> and also Jane's addiction. So the choice of doing black and white for the film um, represented life during the Holocaust. There was truly, um, Spielberg said... No light. No color. Yeah. No anything. Well, it's, I mean, despair. Exactly. And it was, everything was so dull and so terrible. Yeah. <clears throat> the girl in the red coat symbolizes kind of this 
and I'm not exactly sure. I I can always like speculate, but um, yeah, I think um, it's it proves to be such an important moment when he sees her. Um, because then later, uh, he sees her coat, um, in a huge pile of bodies. Thank you. I, you know, it's funny because, not funny, but, um, well, I couldn't keep my eyes off the screen, but there are still things I missed. Absolutely. Yeah. Her, it was in the scene, which to me, out of this entire three hours and 15 minute movie. Mm -hmm. The moment that I, that is the most impactful and it's etched into my mind and every time I watch this movie I know that it's coming and every time I'm still like sick to my stomach. I'm sick to my stomach almost the whole time. Yeah. But this one portion I'm always like, oh my god, and the music gets so loud and it's operatic. It's the scene where Amon is mad because... Um, he's killing people so fast and he can't dispose of the bodies fast enough. So he has to undig all of the shallow graves that have been dug up or that have been dug for these people that he's killing and he has to burn them in a mass pit. Yes. And this is, this is right before, yeah, this brings me to the scene, um, with the, the ash snow. Yep. With, and, um... Yeah, that was hard. That was when Ash I texted you. Hard. That was when I texted you, and I was like, "This is getting hard." Yep, um, I remember watching that. So, at my high school, that was when I watched Schindler's List for the first time. Was when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm an adult, you know, I'm 24, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, "How the heck did? How did I watch this at 16?" Like. It, yeah, and I, I, I'm with you there. I've, I've seen, I'm sure I've said this before, um, I've seen a lot of documentaries about this stuff. I've, I've always had an interest of war. Um, I think history is very important. Um, and I, I rewatch Night and Fog every year. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, I've never seen it. Uh, I've because, never heard of it. Well, it, it comes, it's part of my whole, I really want to be self-aware. Right. I really want to be knowledgeable about history and, and what happened and don't, to not forget. And I've been re-watching it a lot lately because of all of the trouble um, modernly in the world. That all, we're having politically right now? Yes. Our um, political turmoil. And... Uh, okay. And I find a lot of people... Um, not having an opinion, you're fine. Uh, or they they're not very like uh, they're they're very neutral, or they're they're you're like oh I don't I don't understand. Well, I don't want to rock the boat. Yeah, and I watched. This I'm sorry, but I, this is what happens when you don't rock the boat. Yeah, exactly. You, you you know, and especially now that newspapers are no longer watchdogs for government, we're screwed. And <clears throat> I rewatch it, and I I, I, I want a strong opinion. I want to have a strong opinion about it. I don't want to be one of those people that's neutral about it because this is not something you'd be neutral about. These are people. This is... It's like that quote, like... And I know I have these, like, interludes <laughs> quite often where I, you know, I have to have something to say about don't forget the past and don't let the past be repeated, but 
all that I really have to say can, is said through Night and Fog. Um, or can now be, I think, said through Schindler's List. And I think the reason why I find Night and Fog slightly more powerful, besides the fact that it is a documentary and it is real, um, uh, is that obviously Schindler's List... When people go, when people see a documentary, it's it's a different kind of impact. It's like a it's like a realization of oh, this is what's going on in the world, and I'm ignoring it. And I don't like that. I don't like when people know what's going on and ignore it and don't have an opinion about it. And so I I, I mean it's <laughs> kind of how I feel about this whole the whole podcast of watching responsibly. I mean, I think it's very important to watch certain types of movies and understand certain types of movies and not, and, and to think critically and not, and not be so, yeah, we watch a, a movie for escapism, but not always. It doesn't need to be that way. A lot of times it's, you know, it, direct cinema or cinema verite where we, you know, being a fly on the wall or we're bringing the truth to light. Uh, and I find that just as important as um, being entertained because there's the filmmaking in Schindler's List is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the costumes, the cinematography, the music, you know, the acting, everything is good. But you can tell that the heart of the film uh, was made because these stories are so impactful and we need to not forget them. Mm-hmm. I found the quote. Okay. Um, it's a quote from Desmond Tutu. Um, if you are neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. Yes. Yes. I like that quote. Very important. I have that in my classroom. But, <laughs> Good. And I couldn't find it. I couldn't remember what it was. Right. So you see it every day. But, well, I have a yeah. series of posters in my room like that. Um, yeah. And that was one of them. And so I knew it. I knew the keywords, but I don't know. I think that that's one of, this is one of those make or break times. Like, are you going to just stand there and be neutral? Because guess what? You're wrong. Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. It, it reminds me of John Mulaney. <sighs> I was, that's what I was going to talk about earlier. When we were talking about oh, yeah. comedians, I started laughing at Roger. I was going to talk about John Mulaney. Yeah. Sorry, sidebar. Because <laughs> John Mulaney uh, has a bit with his, I think it's his most recent Netflix special, where he um, is talking, he's, he's talking about how when he was uh, a child with his father, and how at school his friend was getting bullied or something. Oh yeah. And he's like on the bench, and his father's like, "Why weren't you? Where were you?" And he's like, "I was over on the bench." And he's like, "Well, why weren't you helping your friend?" And he's like, oh, "Well, I was over on the bench." I was on the bench. And then his father goes, "Well, if this were Nazi Germany, <laughs> and you know, you you know, nobody did anything about the Jews." What kind of person do you consider that to be? And he's like, oh, that's a bad person. And, and like, how are you any different? <laughs> I mean, but it's true. Like, it is a bit, but it's true. Yeah. John. Mullaney. Mullaney. So I had a lot of cinematography. I wrote multiple pages of cinematography, actually, because uh, I feel very strongly. Um, I agree. There was. There, this movie was so. Spielberg knew this, I think, when he was making it. That it was going to be the Holocaust movie. And thus, well, everything had accurate. to be... Right. Everything... He even stated that he wanted he wanted it to be cl- as close to a documentary as possible. 
Wow. I, I, that's, no wonder I keep comparing it to Night and Fog because it really made me feel those similar feelings. Really? Um, yeah. I'll have to watch this. Night and Fog is very important. Um, so everybody should definitely watch that. Where can we find it? Um, I watched it on Canopy. I bet you money if you just YouTube it. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's 30 minutes, so I'm sure it's, it's Oh, somewhere. okay. Yeah. How much you want to bet? $10. All right. Um, Tune in next time. I will let you know how the bet goes. I only have $5. I don't even have any money right now. Oh, okay. I have to Venmo you later. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work this out into a contract. <laughs> so I'm just going to quickly go over all of the scenes that I wrote down that were really impactful um, cinematography-wise, and we'll just click through them. Let's do it. Okay, so the juxtaposition of uh, Ishtak, is that how I say that? Ishtak. Ishtak and Oscar at uh, the table uh, when they first meet. Um, uh, All of the close-ups of Schindler Mm. um, were really interesting to me. Um, The lighting uh, used was, there was a lot of film noir moments. Mm -hmm. Um... The blood seeping into the snow, and then it pans to how the guy has no arm. That scene, he's, like, running away. Or, like, they shoot him, and he's laying in the snow. You see the blood get into the snow, and they pan, and he's got no arm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Which Uh, also makes me think of the scene where Amon is shooting at that boy. Yeah. You never see him get shot, but the the camera pans past him yeah. where he would be running yeah. and he's just laying on the ground. Yep. And the yeah. camera pans right past him. Exactly. The bit where the camera was... So, the camera was being used um, as Ralph, Ralph's character, Amon. Um, so, like, all the people were looking at the camera as mm-hmm. if that was Ralph, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was interesting. Uh, the shaving juxtaposition of yes. Liam and Ralph um, swallowing the jewelry and the bread bits. That was rough. That was rough. Um, it's just, it's there's some of these scenes that are just like, there is no way as people living in modern day or anybody other than these Jewish people, people at the time, yeah, that you would consider putting your family heirlooms into pieces and bits of bread to swallow them so that nobody can take them from you. Yeah. Because all you have at that point is your family. That's it. Also, that reminds me of the scene where the doctors come to the camp. Uh-huh. And the women mm-hmm. are all in their bunks and they're pricking their fingers. That is something that totally happened. They would bite their lips. Well, they would make look healthy. Right, to make yeah. their lips have color. They, they, would, they would smear blood on their own face and bite yeah. through their lips so that they could continue to smear the blood whenever they went out. Yeah, I... Um, and they'd smack their own face. Also wrote that and pinch their cheeks. Yep. The shot of all the pots and no workers. Oh, yeah. Whew. It's so interesting what sticks out in your mind versus in my mind. Uh-huh. Because I love hearing what you what sticks out in your brain. Because I think of like the big moments, and then those little scenes, like the little like the pots, but no workers. Mm-hmm. I would have never blinked twice at that. So, 
Well, to me, to me, that's like a big moment because it's like they've taken everybody. Right. Like this is this is where it gets to get from here on out. Everybody's scrambling for their life. Exactly. No one's safe. Um, and that's why I think our listeners have a very interesting opportunity in front of them, because. If I had never listened to this or ever done this with you, I would have never thought of that. Yeah. So now when I go back and watch this movie again, because I usually do watch the movies that we do, I'll watch them once, then we record, and then I watch them again, just to see the stuff that I didn't see that first time that you usually point out. It's just interesting. Oh, well, I like that. Yeah. Um... I do the same thing with the Bob's Burgers podcast I listen to. <laughs> I listen to, or I watch an episode, I listen to the podcast ep- version of it, and then I watch it again. Well, yeah. It's just, it's so interesting to see that what people pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And especially, like, coming from different, like, studious backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a studious person, I like to say. You are. Am I? Like, sarcastically? Or no? No, you're a studious person. What's studious mean? <laughs> like, uh... One who studies? Yeah, like you're like, a uh, You have to learn. <gasps> I do. That's what I consider that. Oh. <coughs> Side bit. But alright! Um, the... Okay. So, after you see the part where it's snowing, ash, I screamed out loud during that part. That's yeah. not snow. No. I freaked out. Um, and I... Did you at first think it was snow? No, because I knew. That's the thing, is I know... That, I totally fell for it, too. And I know I know that's a device for people that don't wouldn't, wouldn't know to be so shocked. It still shocked me. Oh, no. Because you eventually figure it out. And yeah. I remember figuring out and being just... That is one of those cover-your-face, want-to-throw-up moments. Yeah. Because you see, like, the kids, like... Opening up their mouth and stuff, yep. like snowflakes. Yep. I'm um, trying. I'm trying. It's just he's fine. Okay. It really doesn't matter. Um, but that ha- that scene happened, and then it, it pans over into the smoke on the hill. Yeah. And there's the two like or three people in the background, and then there's the I called it the murderous cremation. Yeah. Um. And then there they have a handheld camera. Yeah. So you feel like you're actually there. There's a lot of handheld camera moments. I didn't realize until this scene for some reason. So the crazy German guy during the like murder's cremation part, uh-huh. um, he's like, he's acting crazy. And even the subtitle said insane German. Yes. Yeah. And he's like screaming and stuff. Uh, there's no translation the whole time. I don't know what German they're saying Mm-mm. or, or Hebrew. Right. I don't know any of that. Um, a lot of the subtitles were in, um, because I kept looking them up, um, after a while. Yeah. Um, it was German and Polish. Yeah. And then occasionally it was Hebrew. Yeah. It was crazy. Oh, yeah, well, the Hebrew didn't happen very often because it was run by Germans and Polish people. Right. Um, and then, oh, man, the eyeline shadows towards the end. Where it's the sh- it's Liam Neeson and he's talking to some some guy I can't exactly remember who but there's shadows is right here yep. right here that is interesting. She's to me. pointing almost like it's um a superhero mask. Yeah, but it's just um that's the only place that their face is lit up. Yeah, eye line shadows. I'll have to look that one up later. Um, 
And then, uh, so after Liam Neeson's character, Oscar Schindler, um, is talking to the rabbi, he's like, Rabbi, what are you doing? You should be preparing for Shabbat. And, um, he, they walk away together and you notice that Liam's very tall. And then the rabbi just looks up at him. And I was just like, time to cry. scene, right? Um... Oh, jeez. It's like I have... Those are all the ones I wrote for cinematography specifically. I have a lot of other stuff. For the other categories? <laughs> Just written. Some okay. quotes and like... We usually hit up those random notes after. Yeah. I just... And I've got all this page. Okay. There's a lot. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Next up is editing. Okay. So... Um... The one scene... Really jumped off the screen for me for editing. Yeah, was the scene with the typewriters and all the women. Yeah, like that he was like auditioning to be his typewriter secretary yeah. ladies. Yeah, the music, the cinematography, and the editing I think really shined through in that moment for me because they did they played and I talk about this a little bit later in writing and story, but they did play with these weird like happy, playful, bright moments that were almost Mm -hmm. like comedic relief in the middle of like the most... Right, but it was still like, oh my god. Yeah, it was still because people were still living life as if nothing had happened. Right. and Or nothing was happening because they weren't Jewish. Yep. Um, So even like when it was quote unquote like happy and bright, it was still like awful. uh, Speaking of that, for editing, they did the shot by shot, side by side of... uh, those people, the Jewish people being forced out of their house mm-hmm. and then Schindler taking over their house and like laying in the bed and and that when they were me up a little bit. clearing out the ghettos this is, well right, but this was like a nice house mm-hmm. they were rich and then they were being forced to leave and then Schindler arrives and takes Schindler over Schindler does? yeah that's where he stays. Our he stays, good friend. He stays in... A, well, this is in the beginning. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I always forget about that part. Yes, you're right. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting, the parallels there mm-hmm. um, for the editing. Speaking of lighting a little bit, like it was a couple minutes ago, um, the lighting on Helen when she's talking to uh, Schindler about how she knows things. Yes. Are they in the basement at that point? Yeah. Yeah. The all s- of those lighting... All of those scenes in the basement had very interesting lighting. Yeah. Um, I you never find out what happens to her. Yeah, I can only guess that she was all ended up on the list. I think so, but I don't remember. Wait, she did because he ended up trading. No, because it's the card game. He won the card game. Um, he played the card game for her. That's well, I remember that. Yep, so I, he won yeah. the card game. She ended up on the list. So I would love to talk about. Music. All right. John Williams is my hero. Yep. Um, I have always liked uh, his composing. Personally, um, get off my phone, Roger. <laughs> He's like hitting up the text. Um, in your DMs. It's Roger. I liked how they did incorporate um, non-diegetic and diegetic music. So there was some, you know, that you see played within. Wait, I remember. Diegetic is... Music that matches what, what you're, you're seeing. seeing. Yeah. Non-diegetic does not match what you're seeing. Yeah. Boom! Yeah. I learned something. Um, 
Not digestive. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Um, it was all time period accurate. I appreciated that. Um, some of it set like a weird romantic tone. Right. But like... Oh man, I'm trying to remember this part. So there was a juxtaposition of children singing. Oh, when they were coming out to get onto the trucks? This is two different parts actually. There's one okay. be- closer to the beginning. Children singing and the Jews being murdered with gunfire. Oh. And then there was the soft music against the Jews. And then the children... Yeah, the part you're talking about is the children singing German songs. Yeah. And so loading learned. into vans. Yep. And the part that got me is that the there was the women that were like, all right, get dressed, go back to the barracks. And they were giggling and they were happy. And, and they were they approved. Turned. And they turned around and they see their children waving them goodbye in trucks. And the shot... Kate was like overlooking this horde yep. of like at least like 300, 400 people running at the trucks to mm-hmm. stop them. And they like pull their guns out to start firing and yep. Yep. That's another hard hitting one. That one messed me up because to be like, I cannot imagine oh my God, being no. in a situation where you fear for your life every minute and you go for an inspection to make sure that you're still healthy. And they tell you, oh, you're fine, just go go ahead and go back to the barracks. And you are so happy, you laugh. They are. They're, like, laughing. Because they're so relieved. Right. They get to live another minute. And Jesus I really do Christ. mean another minute. Because you know right. some of them died when they ran for their children. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's all I have for the sound of music, those parts that just messed me up. Right. How about costumes? Um, I, I have this kind of these. Oh, okay. I, was, I wasn't sure if it would follow the rule of thumb of if you don't notice it, you're doing a good job. Um, they they really used, you know, they used the black and white juxtaposition very well. Um, plus they had the, the red coat. Right. Um, so the men's costumes I thought were amazing. Uh, especially in the beginning with all the, like, going out costumes. Um, oh, yeah. Oscar Schindler's outfits are always really good. Uh-huh. And of course, the rich women have really great fancy outfits, and they were great. Beautiful. Um, but the biggest the biggest uh, standouter to me, the biggest signal was uh, Oscar Schindler was wearing a white suit. The I knew you were going to say the white suit. I always say the hat. suit. And he was sitting next to the fire hose, and he looks over at the, or the oh. water spout, and he sees the water spout, and he says, indulge me. Do you have any, you know, fire hoses that you can spray down the the train with? Right, because the train had just rolled up because uh, a new shipment, their words, of Jews were coming into the camp. And these people had been traveling on this train, and it was so sweltering hot. Mm -hmm. And these people were packed into these train cars like cattle. And you could see their arms were reaching out of the holes... And you could just hear people moaning. Just moaning. And he kind of chuckles and goes, indulge me. As he's fanning his face off. Yeah. And it's as if he's now playing this part of <laughs> this German man who's like, all he cares about is business. And and Amon responds with, don't give them hope. That's cruel. Because he's, he's walking down with the soldiers like, oh, spray more there in the right, window. Right, because they, ho- they hook a fire hose up to it and they yeah. spray down the cars. Yeah, because all the, the Jewish people in the cars were, had their mouths open trying to get some water. 
And, uh... And Oscar's walking with him, directing him where to spray. Yeah. And all my thought was, is he's just trying to help him survive longer. Yep, just an extra minute. He's just, he's playing the game. Yep, and that's exactly <coughs> what he's doing, is he's slick-talking and dressing like the... And playing the game. Yeah. You're right. Ugh, that, that's another part, when everyone's just moaning. That was hard. Yeah. Um... But for costumes, that's about... That's the biggest scene that I had. Uh, or I'd written down that uh, really stood out to me. It's always the white suit. Um, it's a symbol. I mean, it's a symbol of wealth. It's a symbol of power. Right. It's a symbol... Um, in, in the juxtaposition of everything else is gray and gross and dirty. and mm-hmm. He's like this pristine thing. It's like, it's like a god figure, almost. Exactly. And he provides this obviously much needed relief. Yes. Um, and then it's weird. I'm moving now into like the writing of the story. Yeah. Um, it's weird that they do have those, like I talked about earlier, like those weird bright moments, like, like the part where Mrs. Schindler goes, "Should I stay?" Yeah. And then, and, uh, and then she says, "I'll stay if." Um, so she says, should I stay? Um, and he says something to the effect of like, whatever you want. And he, or she says, if I stay, I never want the maitre d' to think that I'm one of your floozies. Yes, pretty much. And then he can't promise He like that. takes a breath, and then it cuts to her getting on the train and leaving. Yeah. <laughs> and they do they do those weird moments where like it was weird because we were in such we as the audience are under such pressure this entire movie. Mm-hmm. When those little bright moments came around, I found myself going <laughs> like yeah you out that. loud because yeah. I needed. That release, and then I was right back under the thumb. Well, I also feel like they, I mean, if the writers are showcasing how actions are so important, and they're just answering your questions with actions. Right. Which I liked a lot. Yeah. Um, Another scene that really stood out to me was when, oh, the scene where Avon is talking to the man who made hinges. Oh, yes. And... Are you yawning? <laughs> it's late, you guys. It's late. Um, yeah. um, so, when he made the hinges, um, and he took him out back to shoot him. Yeah, because he's like, why didn't you make... You could go that fast, you barely made any all day. Because they were working on the machine that morning. Yeah. And then <sighs> his gun doesn't work? And it doesn't work, like, 15 times. Yeah, over and over and over and over And you just keep bracing for it, just like the character. God, could you imagine? I can't imagine. No! And then, he ends up living, right? Yeah. He ends up going back to making hinges. Yeah. Oh my god. You were right, this is a rough one to do. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, I think people might think, uh, oh, well, let's dramatize. It's a film. Ah, uh, no. 
No, that's why this film is so hard to watch and to talk about, is because it's so realistic. Yep, like this, these things happened. Yep, and, and a not, lot more than what was on this screen. Yeah, this is only one concentration camp. Right, and this wasn't Auschwitz. Yeah. This was Krakow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had the similar things for writing with his wife, a lot about his wife. Um, I, I tried to note all the situations where uh, Schindler finally is like understanding more and more that his actions um, have consequences for Jewish people. Right. Um, and how he can help them um, and how he should help them because there is no reason for them to be dying like that. No. Um, and then... <clears throat> the part where he, uh, it's his birthday and he kisses the Jewish woman. Oh. And he gets put in a jail. Yes. For kissing a Jewish woman. Because um, to him, it's just a woman. Mm-hmm. He's like, just another well, woman. Well, there was a montage right before that of him kissing every woman that gave him a gift on the lips. Yeah. And then it gets so quiet and the crowd parts and then this woman, who is clearly marked as a Jew, and her son come through and they say this is from the workers and he just gives her a kiss on the lips just like he did every other woman yep and then like the whole place just like melts yep and not in a good way the f- <laughs> I'm realizing I'm reading my notes and I'm realizing um I think the first scene that I really was like uh oh this is how we're gonna it's gonna be the whole film um I think it was, maybe it was right when Amon arrived, mm-hmm. and the engineer woman oh. was, like, trying to explain, like, when you so tear the foundation down, was wrong. Yeah, and redo it. And um, shot her. And he just killed her, because... Yep. Just out of nowhere. Yep. And then he literally did it, like, ten more times throughout the film. Yep. That's how you know he's a... And then you see him, like, smiling and, and laughing when he's, like, uh... Running through the streets, capturing Jews, and, like, telling them right. what to do and killing them. Yeah, he's a psychopath. Oh. No, I fa- I, I, I think... I'm gonna say this every time, but this scene, really impactful. Um, this was one of those things where I would have done the same thing in this situation. Um, there was a bunch of sick people. Oh. In the doctor's office in the town. This is before they got to it the camp. It was when they were... Well, I'll tell you. Oh, okay. Oh, I'll tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but just like people, and they were invading in uh, the ghettos and trying to bring the Jews to the camps. The Jewish people. Uh, and there was like a nurse and a doctor, and they're feeding, they're feeding these their patients these little cups of, you know, what you might think is medicine. And then the soldiers come in and they shoot the first the first patient and you and then you realize or they realize that they're already all dead and the doctor and the nurse are just in the corner, like w- like waiting to either be taken or whatever. Um, kind of like a. I would have done the same thing as the doctors. Oh, absolutely. I mean, let them die in peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, because because they knew it's like a sense of pride uh, to be able to have, you know, your own hand and your own... Right. If you had to choose. And while I don't know, and I will hopefully never know what that situation is like, 
Um, that part was like, they're absolutely helpless. In the, and, and there was a part of me that was like, I bet some of these people had, like, were just a little bit sick. Not right. everybody was like, you know, it, they would get over it eventually or they had a surgery or, you right. know. <clears throat> I thought that throughout the entire sequence of them, even where it went into the night. Yeah. And the shot. And the shot of him. Um, okay. And the shot of all the buildings mm-hmm. go lighting up with all the gunfire. Oh, yeah. And it was just constant. There was not one moment where there was not something being lit up. Yeah. Yeah. This is a horror movie. Um, and then there was the scene where the little boy helps hide. Oh. When he's in the one, one of the women and her, and her daughter... We followed them throughout the whole movie towards the very end when they make it to Auschwitz and they cut off all their hair. And the part that they cut off all their hair, I lost it. I lost it because as a woman and as somebody who, you know, places her identity in her hair. I'm about to lose it right now. Uh, That scene. Oh, man. That was like the end of it. That was like the end of it for me. Well, because they're treating them like, and they've been alluding to it the whole movie mm-hmm. of them them seeing these people as less than people. Yeah, they're animals. They even said at one point they're animals. They're worse than rats and mice. But then to take something from you like your hair. And it's it, unthinkable. Yeah. And, and through a history, like, you can trace it so far back. Women's hair is, is mm-hmm. an identifier. Right. It is uh, a fashion statement. It is is something um, that means a lot to them up until now and will continue to mean something, whether whatever you choose to do with your hair. Right. Um, and I, I if it... Had been men, it would have been impactful, but not the same. Right. Um, obviously, either they're way, they're stripping them of their identity. Yeah, they're making them all trying to make them all look the same because to them, to not what's the difference from this person to that person? Yeah, and yeah, no, I, <clears throat> I lost it. I was like, yeah. if I, 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 I if I, I could not be in that situation. Uh, if I were that, yeah, nope. It kind of makes you think. Think uh, makes you think twice. It does. Um, the whole movie does. Uh, exactly. But and I, like I keep saying, this is the most impactful scene. But yeah, that was the one that I I finally was like terrified. Mm-hmm. Because that was something even more relatable. For mm-hmm. me, that was like the biggest thing that was, if somebody had take, if somebody takes that away from me, who am I? Mm-hmm. Nobody and, anymore. Yeah. And then the fact that those women weren't even supposed to be mm-hmm. at Auschwitz. Yep. I would have been terrified. And they, and they, and they stripped them and they put them in the shower and then they turn the light off and everybody screams. Because they've been talking about the gas showers earlier. 
Yeah. But then it turns out to be just a shower, and they're all laughing and crying of joy. I don't know how you come back from that. Oof. That's a hard one. I... And, you know, people might think I'm a little... <sighs> crazy sometimes for the way I I feel uh, about certain things. And I'm sure... Not, not, not everybody, but, like... <laughs> And maybe crazy isn't the right word, but um, too much. I care too much about the way people treat each other and about the way we view people and about POCs and about about people who are different and why I get so upset when people are treating other people like terribly and the way things are going in the world right now. To me, it makes perfect sense to be upset. Because you've seen what humans can do to each other through cinema. But to me, it's, I mean, even if they have seen it, sometimes I feel like they don't get it. Right. Where's the missing link? I don't understand. Not everybody's... Empathetic? Yeah, but not everybody doesn't have some form of at least sympathy. Right. You have, most people have a feeling or two in their body. They know when they're angry. They know when they want to smash. Punch people in the face. Okay. I mean, like, smash people in the face. Like, Hulk smash. That, it was funny because I know that's exactly what you meant. I just have a couple more things to talk about. Um, like, kind of, like, last thoughts before we can go over our rating system. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a couple things and I have a quote. Awesome. I also have some quotes. Ooh. Uh, so, when, um, uh, Schindler's talking to Ishtak, mm-hmm. um, talking about uh, how they were going to be sent to Auschwitz and how mm-hmm. uh, Schindler was like, well, I, I put in a go word, you're going to get special treatment. And all oh, I could think about yes. was Ishtak is probably, you know, he's like, he's like, he gets this special treatment where he gets to work for Schindler, but he's still like, <sighs> he's doing work that hurts his people. Right. To be in that position... But it's the work that's keeping him alive. I know. That sucks. It's, it, the, my conscience would be so... The integrity. Or yeah. the lack of integrity. That's tough. That's yeah. tough. I think that's... That role of Ishtak Stern is such an important character. Mm-hmm. Because it does. It demonstrates, you know, even the Jewish people that quote-unquote had it easy, which it's the Holocaust. Nobody yeah. involved in the Holocaust had it easy. But, you know, like, I have heard people, like, say that. They're like, well, not every Jewish person was killed. Uh, what? Do you... Do you hear yourself? Jeez. <laughs> right. That's unbelievable. <laughs> That's what I was mean- meaning earlier, is people think I'm crazy, but I'm like, I think you're crazy if you don't care. Truly. Like, something's not correct. Yeah. Um, well, and then we find out that you'll get special treatment means you get put to the gas chamber. Yeah. And there, so the whole movie, there was this, this bit between Schindler and Ishtak where he would, Schindler would offer him a drink and Ishtak would always refuse. And finally, at this part of the film, he goes... 
because Shona's like, oh, well, when you, you know, when it's over, we'll have, maybe we'll have the drink, and Ishtar goes, I think I better have it now. And he's got tears in his eyes because he knows he's going to Auschwitz. Yep. And they kind of silently just have this drink finally together. That is, yeah. This movie's so good. And towards the end, they start this list. It's interesting because it's called Schindler's List, but you don't, they don't talk about the list until like the last 30 minutes. Right. Because that's when they create the list. Right. And, um, they're talking about the list and they're, and they're, uh, you know, Schindler's thinking about it and he's making decisions about it or whatever. And Ishtar just goes, the, the list is absolute life. Mm-hmm. Like you making this list is the it's reason people, save people will get to live. And it's crazy. And it, it, it's crazy to me mm-hmm. to be in that position of like, well, think of people who, you know, you know, how many people do you know that we can save? Mm-hmm. Well, and then that's where, when the liberation happens, mm-hmm. and they present him with the ring toward the end. I did, that was my next quote. Yep, when he... So go ahead and say the quote. The quote, uh, so he sees the gold ring and he said, or, or his car, I think it's his car, and he says, it could have been ten more people I could have put on the list. I could have afforded ten more people. Right, and so he starts looking around and seeing all the different things that he could have easily traded to get more people on the list. Yeah. And he has, like, a huge meltdown about it. Because it's, I mean, he, he saved so many, but I understand in, in, in your mind it wasn't enough. And it will never be enough well, honestly, because exactly. people died. Because they died in these terrifying, torturous, unbelievable, ridiculous, disgusting ways. Right. And then the ring that they end up handing him on the inside is the inscription. Um, it's from the Talmud, which is the Jewish book of law. Yeah. Um, it's written in Hebrew, he who saves one life saves the world entire, which is my tattoo. Which oh. Which I talked to. Yeah, that's what this is. Oh, that's what that means? Uh-huh. It's he who saves one life saves the world entire. That's awesome. And it, um, it, the reason I, that just, stuck out so much to me was as a teacher you know if I reach one kid that kid every person that they interact with Mm -hmm. my legacy goes on through that person so if I reach one kid I've reached the whole world right and so that's where it's important to me but also that's where they had given this ring to him you know they even pulled some (laughs) old man's teeth out to get the silver. And the gold. It was, what was, it was it? gold. It was gold? Yeah. Oh. So the ring is gold. Oh, okay. Good. Have two more people. Oh, God, because the... God. Shiver. Um. But yes, they said, look, there will always be more people, but you saved... Even if you had just saved one life. Boom. Yep. You've made such a difference. And he saved 1,200. Which, I was, <clears throat> they brushed, they brushed pretty quickly on it, but when Emon is put, is, uh, hung? Yeah. To death? Hanged to death? Whatever. Um. Hanged by the neck until dead. And he says, uh, he mentions Hitler before, and, uh, yeah. I won't, I won't say the words. 
Um, it's uh, it, it, it's funny because you, you kind of see him freak out about Helen. Right. And you're like, oh, maybe he's becoming a better person. Oh, no. He has several moments where it's like, oh, maybe he is a human. Oh, nope, he is literally the worst person of all time. Yeah. Nasty lizard man. I'm sorry to all lizards out there. You don't deserve that comparison. I was going to say, leave those lizards alone. And and that was in the ending. And I want to talk about the last scene where um, it's the grave of Oscar Schindler. It's not like the 80s or whatever. Um, right. And uh, it's co- the it's color now, like everything's in color. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all they're all lined up, and they're putting rocks on his grave, mm-hmm. which I found interesting that they used rocks because rocks aren't worth anything. Mm-hmm. That was my interpretation of it. It's like it's like they don't want to give him anything, um, right? Um, hmm. Or he would feel guilty. That's super interesting. I would have never thought of it like that. Oh, that's <laughs> that's okay. I only think of it this way that I'm ready to talk about because I looked it up. Oh, okay. Um, so it's Jewish tradition oh. to leave rocks on a grave. Is it? If, for someone that you miss or respect or love, instead of leaving flowers or whatever, you leave a rock. Interesting. And if you Google Oscar Schindler's um, grave, it's always covered in rocks. Wow. Because of people who... I'm trying to think. Some, so there's, I think at the end, during the epilogue, it says that after the war, there were only so many people left in Poland. So many people, so many Jewish people left in Poland. The population of Poland today, there's a huge percentage of them that can trace their roots back to people who were on the list. Wow. And it was true. Yeah, he, quote-unquote, only got out 1,200 people. But then think about it. All those lives that he has impacted today. Yeah, who, like, get to have families and get to keep going Mm -hmm. and impact other people. That's crazy. He who saves one life. So, um, I just thought that the ending was interesting. Um... It reminded me of Saving Private Ryan, though. It reminded me of Saving Private Ryan, too. Yeah, and then I'm like, Spielberg, what are you doing? So in terms Spielberg. of like, a cinematic, like, artistic ending, I was like, uh, yeah, you're pulling me out of the narrative, but... It did. I, I do appreciate, like, because I did like the shot where they pan up and see all of the people. That I thought was good. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that I now know that, like, that's the thing that Jewish people do for someone they love or miss. They put their rocks down. Um... But it also, I, I almost wish it had ended uh, where they gave him the ring. They show the guy too. being hung, and then they show giving the ring, like, his impact. See, and I wish it was the other way. I wish that it was the ring, him escaping, Amon Goeth being killed, um, and then the epilogue. I would have been very happy. That, that, that would have been, been a happy ending for me. That would have been fine with me, too. Yep. But I, I reason why I don't think Amon should be in the end is because it's still a problem. Mm. That, that to me, symbolizes the end of a problem. Because it's the end of the human. Mm-hmm. It is Ooh. not the end of the problem. That's why you're the professional here. <laughs> and I'm like, Batman's gone. I'm happy now. <laughs> end of movie time. <laughs> 
my final, final thought. Final thought corner. Um, before we get to rating and then we wrap the thing up, is accuracy equals impact. I think that that represents the whole reason why when you talk about the Holocaust, this movie comes up. Yes. It's because the impact was so huge because the accuracy was so big. Yes. That's math I can understand. Heck yeah. Um, and I'm very glad for putting it on this list. I'm glad um, it's a movie that you find important that, enough to put on this list. And um, it was definitely not even there wasn't even a doubt in my mind that it would be on the oh, list, yeah. especially because how much you've talked about it when we first became friends and your tattoo. I was like, this has got to be on the list. It was on the list. Um, the list is on the list. Oh <laughs> wow. Um, and. Uh, now to get if it wasn't obvious to get into our rating system ah. um, I have not rated this yet me either I'm about to tell you my rating based off of our conversation and me watching it and um, and the dog barking yeah and us having to stop recording several <laughs> times we still love Roger it's okay Roger, Roger, Roger. <laughs> so as a reminder, this is how our rating system goes, um, and it's based on how we think you should experience this film uh, in a theater. If you should just you should buy it and own it, if you should just rent it and watch it once, or if you should watch or not watch irresponsibly. So don't watch it. Basically, mm-hmm. we do not condone. Irresponsible watching. We do here. not here at Watch Responsibly. Mm-hmm. At our corporation, Watch Responsibly. Uh, it's not corp- a corporation. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> this is news to me. <laughs> um, I don't know what corporation fees you're paying, but I'm not. <laughs> um. <laughs> I pay for dog food for Roger. So I would like you to go first. Okay. Um. So I went first last time. You're right. I listened to it today. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I have a weird rating for this one, per the norm. Because um, I can't do anything normally. You can't just pick one. No. And we've had that problem. Because it's 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 like, you know, if you could experience it this way, but you should at least experience it this way. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm holding out. Um, <laughs> We're almost done. That's okay. So I, in my opinion, if a movie is good enough to own it, I almost always want to see it in theaters also to experience those two different times. Mm -hmm. This is a movie that I would never go to a theater to watch. I disagree with the theater thing, um, and I'll tell you why. As somebody, um, of course I'll tell you why. As somebody... Okay, I'm ready for it. ...who uh, has had to sit in classrooms of a lot of people uh, watching films like this, documentaries like this, um, some people... You meet a lot of people in life, um, and some people have to be forced. You either are forced... You are forced to sit in a theater and watch the whole thing to understand the perspective and the history and... And gain a knowledge and self-awareness and and some form of dang empathy. Um, or they will never never will. And right. and you, I want you to be embarrassed that you have to get up and leave the theater. And I get that it's hard to watch and that like some people can't handle it, 
And no, you shouldn't be embarrassed if, you know, you really are one of those people who are empathetic mm-hmm. and care a lot and know exactly the impact um, for the most part. But I think you should be able to sit there. I okay. think I think you should be forced to sit there a little uh, for the three hours. I mean, right. it was not six years of your life. Right. Um, and so for me, it's... it's um, Obviously, it depends on the person. Um, I personally would see it in a theater. Um, because, and, and for me, I'm, I can immerse in anything anywhere. Right. So, I would probably feel the same I did as I watched it in my own home. Uh, and I remember, I think also the reason why I say that is because I watched it for the first time, like I said, with like my high school class. Yeah. And I was very much upset with the way that other people reacted. Ah, uh, um, See, me as a student would have definitely said something, yeah. Right, and I was in high school, and honestly I was being, I had a lot of cowardice, and so, or honestly I had a lot of cowardice, but um, people took, uh, most of the people took it seriously, but I remember there was one person that like was sleeping, and it pissed me off so much. Yeah. Like, how do you just sleep through that? I re- yeah, I remember we would have, in high school, there would be, we were, like, learning about civil rights. Um, right. And, which also I have, uh, I, I feel heavily about as well. And, <clears throat> it was, it was, I think it had to end my junior year, and uh, it was a basic level history class, so you're getting all the, like, jock bros, and... Right, mine was... Not, like, world history, like, AP history. It was yeah. history. Yeah, history one. Um, and and then it was, like, me, who, as I've said before, I was, like, a little goth, like, take-no-crap type in high school. <laughs> uh, I, I definitely I definitely said some stuff. I definitely saw that they were laughing, and I said, you've You're got like, to be kidding you. me. Right. Yeah, and I think that... I, I actually... At one point, said to one of us, "said It's disgusting how how much you lack empathy." Because it's true. Yeah, and I think that I would have a real problem sitting in a theater and being. I would be very worried about that. Yeah, that's just me. I don't know if that makes me like a coward, but no. But you've seen it, and you know, and you understand. So you don't need to go back to a theater and see it. And I think also it makes me very anxious. Yeah. So, it's not that like I can't sit through it, it's I get myself so worked up yeah. that I have to like take breaks from it. Oh yeah. I mean, I get worked up talking about it now. Right. So I completely understand. But I, I do agree that some some people just need that perspective check right. really bad. I agree. And, and if it takes going to a theater to do it... Whatever works. I want you to do it. I just am saying I might not be there with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be at home. You're like, I've seen it many times. I know it. I'll watch it at home while you watch it in the theater. We'll live tweet it. <laughs> I'm not um, gonna live tweet it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, so theater, buy it, just see it. What you know, base level, just see it, and, and do whatever you have to do. Yeah, and I'm I'm not gonna say that about all these movies because it's not true about all these movies, but accuracy is impact, and I believe 100% that this is something that everybody needs to see. I don't, you know, we, we get further from history or further from the event, 
and I think it's even more important now, so more than ever, to keep and, watching these Right, because things. otherwise it gets distorted. Yes. And blurry. Yes. And this should not be blurry. No. This should be very clear in our minds what not to do. Right. How to not treat humans who are just like me and you. So thank you for listening to episode five of Watch Responsibly. Wait, so you liked it? Yeah, oh. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, it was it was fantastically done. Awesome. Um, uh, Spielberg definitely is up to his game for me. Boom. And uh, I have one last fun fact for you. I won't forget it. Yeah? So when Spielberg was making this movie, um, clearly it sucked the life out of everyone, including him. So he would bring Robin Williams onto the set. Oh, really? Uh huh. And have him do um, impressions of people and just like do bits of his comedy. Or he would like call him at night. Yeah. So if he didn't bring Robin onto the set, he would call him at night to make him laugh. Oh, man. While filming Schindler's List. Parts of these, I wouldn't call them auditions, but like this is one reason why he voiced the genie. So thank you for listening to Watch Responsibly. I'm Brie Lennon. And I'm Alyssa Lachlan. Uh, thanks for joining us on episode five, where we discuss Schindler's List and really uh, promote watching it. We really think you should. Um, hope you liked the episode. Let yeah. us know um, what you thought of this episode and what you think of the movie itself. Um, this is one of those that we really want to hear what you have to say. You can reach out to us on Facebook um, under Watch Responsibly, or you... <laughs> Roger demands that you watch it. Roger's gonna get ya. Get him, Roger. You gonna get him. You gonna get him. You need to watch responsibly. You better. Roger's gonna... <laughs> Roger, you get him. Tell him to watch responsibly. Or you can email us at watchresponsiblypodcast at gmail.com. Signing off, I'm Alyssa O'Loughlin. That's Roger O'Loughlin. And I'm Brie Lennon. Thank you so much. Don't forget to watch responsibly every day. Good night, New York. It's Saturday.